How you guys doing? You doing great? Happy Mother's Day. All right. Um, I want to play, I, I think in music, right? Like my whole life, I think and I emote in music. So I want to play a song um, for, for you from one of my favorite artists. Can we turn it up just a little bit? Or is it not going through?
that was Miss Lauren Hill. And you have to say Miss. She insists on being called Miss Lauren Hill. Um, it is her way of pushing back against male dominance in the uh, record label industry. And so she insists that she be called Miss Lauren Hill. And um, I, I, she's, she is my favorite singer, right? Um, she, her voice were, was the voice of my generation, which is saying a lot. I think she's up there with Aretha Franklin. I think she's up there with Patti LaBelle, Whitney Houston. I think she's up there with Barbara Streisand. Uh, that's an inside joke with me and my wife. Um, <laughs> so I, I think she is she is the, the one of the the top people, and, and one of the amazing things about her, she only has two albums in her discography, and the reason being is because she does not want to be held down to the standards of the music industry, and so she rebels. And over and over again, we see her voice be used as a way to push back against the pressures of authority. But when she wrote this song, this was on her second album, and you can hear some tightness in her voice. Um, I think this is one of the best worship albums ever, even though most people wouldn't consider it that, because it's about her brokenness before God. Right? When she wrote this song... Um, she said she was, she, was, she was scared about putting it out. And the reason why she was scared is because at that same moment when she wrote it, um, in 2002, a man by the name of Amadou Ada, um, Diallo, I messed that up, but that's fine, um, he, he was shot on the streets of New York. And this was before video phones um, so there was not a lot of evidence of black people being shot on the street, right? And so people who um, were, were moderate, people who could, could maintain um, their distance away from the violence that was happening from authority to people of color, did not want to acknowledge that that was happening. And that caused a rift in New York. And people of color who was at the height of Stop and Frisk, which was harassing um, black people of New York, and also um, with, with, the, with the ignoring of black people being oppressed by, by, by authority, well, what, what, you, what you saw was this atmosphere where it was ripe for blood to run in the streets, for there to be a riot. And she didn't want to add her voice to that. Her biggest problem was the definition that people have for the word rebel. Because when, when we think of rebel, we tend to think of, of people, um, people overthrowing governments by the might of our hand. But that, that wasn't her definition of rebel. And she asked the people who had apathy to, to wake up and engage. And when we read... Um, when we read this scripture in Acts, what we see here is protest. When, when, when they saw their brother Stephen um, be killed for standing up for his beliefs, they, they, they saw their brother Stephen preach power to authority and tell them the Messiah that you have been waiting on, 
the one who will bring justice back to Israel is here and you killed him and his, his, his blood now stands as a way for you to have salvation they killed Stephen for that and instead of sitting down and allowing Stephen, Stephen's life to go unrecognized, they decided to mourn Stephen with all that they had. They, they took Stephen and they buried him, but they mourned him loudly. Now that in itself is protest. But it was even more protest because there, was, there were laws on the book that any executed criminal could not be mourned publicly. And so they broke laws to protest the injustice that was being done to, to, to Stephen. And, and they decided that they would gather together. And so, and so they did. And what happened is because of that, people's lives were broken all over Jerusalem. Throughout Jerusalem, when, when the authorities saw that Stephen, Stephen had been mourned, they started to persecute the rest of the Christians. And so where it had been one criminal, now they saw the group as criminals. Now, this brings us to a, a, a funny thing about rebelling and protest. It's a, a question about tactics. Is it worth it? When we look at, um, like my top five protesters, right? The goat of protesting is Jesus, right? But, but the second right out, like the LeBron James, Michael Jordan is, is Jesus. The second right under, under the LeBron James is Martin Luther King to me. Um, and then we got like Dylan. Dylan's music is like amazing. Um, we got Gandhi. So there, there's this top five, but, but um, when people look, in, there, there are corners of the African-American um, community that, looked, that don't agree with me on Martin Luther King. Right? They see Martin Luther King as a glory hound because of his tactics. What he wanted to do is take um, where the, the heat was the greatest in America. Wherever the light was shown, where there was a video camera that could be seen. And he wanted to be there. And he wanted people who were apathetic to see what their actions had wrought. Right? The fact that they weren't willing to rebel and stand up against what their government was doing, it had consequences. And he wanted people to see those consequences. Martin Luther King wanted people to see mothers getting hosed down. He wanted people to see children being beaten with clubs. He, he wanted people to see fathers and, and, and workers being bit by dogs. And there, there are some in the African American community that question whether he was just out for the glory to be seen. And, and when I look at, at that, I also look at, at, we have to question the tactics here of God. If we take seriously what Charles said last week, Charles said last week that Jesus said that, that the word had to go out to Jerusalem, Judea, and to Samaria. And in this verse, we see it go out to Samaria. But how does that happen? It happens by the uprooting of people's lives. There were mothers and daughters that were forever separated because they had to be, go to different places as they scattered because of persecution. 
There were, there were businesses that had to close down, dreams that were broken because they scattered from where they were and they went out from where they had always stayed. It cost them something. So I, I, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. What, how do you guys see um, the sacrifice that was necessary, that was prophesied, that God said had to come what do we think about the tactics that were used? How do you reconcile that to a loving God? Yeah. Yeah. 
what, what do you do about the God who says he goes after the one? Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, I... Let's let's set aside the the, the cosmic and chart of everything. I don't get that. But, but this is what I see. When we look at the, the incarnation, mm-hmm. right? You've got these these wise scholars that are coming looking for God coming to Earth. And they go to the capital city, to the palace, because that's where they expect God to show up. Mm-hmm. Right? But instead he was in a small town to an unwed mother that couldn't even find anybody that would be willing to have them in their house in allegedly their hometown. Um, when, when Jesus showed up on the scene as, as a grown man, everyone was like, he's going to be the conqueror. He's going to be this, this mighty, mighty, powerful guy. And he wasn't. He was killed. Like, and they were angry about that and did not understand that. So, what I see is God shows up in persecution. Right. He shows up in hardship. If you want to find God, that's where he is. Mm-hmm. And so, in that context, it almost makes sense yeah. that if, you want, if God is going to spread, he's going to spread through hardship. That's yeah. where people are going to see him. Yeah. So, I think what, what emerges, right? And I think all of you guys are in, in that, that same the same um, vein, right? Um, what emerges is there are two views of God and his sovereignty. There's the chess master move that, that both of us, right? I, I come from, I'm like, a, I'm a little, little reformed and it bothers me because I, I don't like the chess master view of God who's sacrificing pawns, these nameless, faceless things for the victory. And we're like, man, he's smart. And he got the victory. But what about those little things that you killed off? Like, what, is, what do we do that? Right? Um, that's one way to see God. But there's an, another way to see God that, that really helped me. Right? And that's to see God as an artist who is taking broken shells and driftwood and making something beautiful out of it. It's, it's why the, the, the verse in Isaiah 61 resonates with me so much when he takes, be- takes ashes and makes crowns of beauty. That he exchanges what happens on earth. Because what, what, what I see is, is in the beginning when, when, when man was given dominion over the earth, right? And decided um, to take things left and make war and have famine and the whole order of the earth went awry. Um, God didn't just say, all right, y'all suck, and I'm taking it back, right? I gave you dominion. I'm not giving you dominion anymore. Instead, what God does is instead of, of taking back over the government, he joins the picket lines. And he protests, he protests with, um, with the people who are oppressed by the governments, by the businesses, that have, have gone left and become the dumpster fire of humanity, right? And he joins that picket line and says, this can't stand. Why don't you rebel? Why don't you rebel? And, he, and, and just like you said, when, when Jesus came, he didn't come and take over. Their definition of rebellion when they were thinking about the Messiah They thought that blood was going to run in the streets of Jerusalem and then eventually in Rome. 
But instead, instead of, of swords and armies, Jesus used nails and a cross to protest against what was wrong in the world. And so we see the same thing in Acts where, where they start to mirror what Jesus does. Instead of, instead of protesting the death of their, 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 their brother with anger, they protest him with mourning and they behold a life. One of my favorite books is Speaker of the Dead. And what they do is when someone dies, they tell the complete truth about him. It's an amazing, it's, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing way to behold the life of someone. And then we see again another type of protest right after that. Philip, whose life has been dismantled, he was in Jerusalem, had made a home there. We probably think he's from somewhere else, but he's made a home in Jerusalem. And now he's in Samaria. And he says, okay, government who hates the Samaritans, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach the gospel here. I'm going to bring the gospel where the gospel has never gone before. These people have always been the outcast. And I'm going to preach joyfully here. And that's where I will rebel. And so the, the question becomes, how do we rebel? Or are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with the life that, that of, a, of a car and a house and kids, and sometimes it's way too much, but it's what I can do. Am I satisfied? Am I satisfied with the notion that I'm just one person and I can't really do too much about it, and so I'm just going gonna, gonna to try to dull the pain with anything else other than looking this injustice in the face? Why don't you rebel? Why don't I rebel? Jesus' death on the cross and everything subsequent to it is about God in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite power, not taking dominion. But wherever there is darkness and brokenness, he recycles. He jumps into, he, he jumps into that moment and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rebel against this and I'm going to make this beautiful. And so my, my last question to you guys is, how do we hold each other from being, becoming the apathetic one who just look back and, and sits back and looks? But instead, how do we, as a community, rebel on mission? to take steps, what, however small, however big that step is, whether that is 
um, when I think about Valerie and her husband, them being um, just aware of their neighbors mm-hmm. and loving their neighbors and um, things that, you know, Jen and I have talked about, about loving the people in her neighborhood. I think that's the beginning. It's not just being holed up in our neighborhood, I mean, hold up in our houses and not just being held up in our church. It is saying, I want to get to know my neighbors. I want to love people. I want to step out and love those who look different than me, but love those who think different than me. And even if they don't know that my love has its origin in Christ, it doesn't matter. I am still letting his love be shine through me regardless. I think that's the beginning. And I think, you know, just constantly reminding each other that that's what we're here for, that we come to this gathering for this purpose so that we can go out into our communities and share what we're getting here. Mm. Um, I feel like every uh, rebellion begins with discomfort. Mm. Um, so if we if we can find ways to continually make ourselves uncomfortable, wow. um, I think songs 
meeting in the middle of discomfort. And so, you know, there's so many beads that I don't know where they went. And I, I pray and I hope that they are getting that support. But that just really resonates with me. The, sometimes you just have to be the one to sometimes too it is very easy for us to surround ourselves with people like us mm-hmm. this is more comfortable mm-hmm. you know it just is very comfortable to sit there in this um, <laughs> and you know as, as you were sharing I, I thought that the person that probably has challenged <coughs> the most uh, is the very person I struggle with the most and that's my own star but she has opened up a world for me that I never really paid attention to and made me open my eyes to the injustice and um, shared many, many stories. A few weeks ago, she told me about a guy in a three-piece suit that was dragging this homeless guy. And my daughter, not even thinking, like I would be thinking, see, somebody might do something to me if I say anything just basically told him to leave him alone. He is not hurt you. You just need to go on and mind your own business. He, is, he said, you just need to get up off your butt and go get a job. That's what you, you know, and she stood up for him. And so sometimes it's to surround herself with people that don't think like us, that don't, you know, and my daughter has, has opened my eyes to so much that if I did not walk through that, walk in there with her, I would miss so much that I've never seen. Mm. Yes. Um, from the very beginning, uh, I, I found the WWJD movement pretty obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't. I kept talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah. And I couldn't, you, you couldn't say it. Mm. This is obnoxious. And I, it took me a long time to figure out. Mm. Uh, it, and I think part of what bothered me is that Jesus' life is diverse, that we could pull whatever we wanted from Jesus' life into any situation and sort of make our own excuse for why we're behaving as we did. So it was less, for me, I often found maybe this is my own instinct, and so it's my way of um, protesting against myself. Um, I, I, I always felt like this. I didn't like it. But recently, um, a friend whose church has committed to uh, sort of hold on to the phrase, we're going to do the next thing that love requires. Mm. So they refuse to make policies about stuff. They refuse to make statements. They say, in our little church, we're going to do the next thing that love requires. Uh, and that, to me, seems to be the ethic of Jesus, right? So but that is, do the next thing that love requires. Uh, and I think about how difficult and, and irritating and uncomfortable that is. Because if I actually led with that, if I looked at the world through that lens, and I think about all the different ways my life would be different, mm-hmm. and all the ways I would have to slow down and pay attention to someone that I'd rather move past, but love requires that I listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? it, would, it would force me to say things for and with others that because of my comfort and privilege I'd rather not say because I don't want to risk what people might think of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it helps me 
in, in spite of being overwhelmed, it helps me not lose my way. And like, there's so many problems, I don't know where to start. Um, to just wherever I'm at, do the next thing that love requires. Um, I'm saying out loud, maybe because I, I, I actually want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm pretty crappy at it. Yeah. Last one. Okay. Uh, I just observed that, that there's a power dynamic at work to the story where mm. every time God's people end up in power in some way, like we we just like everybody else, <laughs> apathetic, corrupted. Yeah. And it's it's that dynamic when the powers keep pushing God's people into the margins where we don't have any power. That's where we find God, like you said. But that just, I think that plays out historically. Anytime, anytime we hold on to power, and so, you know, on an individual level, the more I want to hold on to power and say, instead of give it away, mm-hmm. instead of share, then um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going I'm to lose that, that chance to meet God in those places. So I think that that's something to, a, a step, as, as much as I find myself in a, in a situation of power, I need to and that's that's amazing because it's in in the in the scripture there's always this this um god releasing power right instead of gathering power for himself he's releasing power and that's you know if we're gonna follow if we're gonna do what jesus would do um we uh we have to die for all to see to get out of the way um I think this is, instead of praying for the sermon, I think this is a beautiful place to ask, man, how can we pray for mission in our life as, as we have victories and battles and difficulties? How do we pray for mission? So I want to just invite you guys um, to come up and, and maybe share about mission in your life, how you're rebelling, um, and how that's a struggle or how how that's a a victory and let's join together with those people and pray.